so good. Welcome, welcome, one and all, friends. Oh, what a joy to be here. I just love practicing with you. I love the Recovery Dharma um, opportunity to come together in honor and in devotion, I suppose is a good word, to the three jewels of Buddhism. So before I bring you into the classroom so that you can meet all of the beautiful people, uh, part of the Spokane Sangha in person who felt called to come here today, let's just take a moment to reflect on the three jewels. Uh, This is something that the Buddha and teachers of Buddhism passed on for thousands of years now, 2,600 years roughly. The three jewels are the Buddha. And there is more than one. There has been more than one. Buddha is simply the awakened one. The individual who has the capacity to become aware of their own suffering, the causes and conditions of it, and the ways to remediate it, heal it, transform it, and to carry on a life of less suffering and less harm. That is what it means to be enlightened. And each of us has a Buddha nature. It is our birthright. It is why we are here. So we acknowledge the Buddha within. The second jewel is the Dharma. These are the teachings of the Buddha. And one of the things about the Dharma that I have a great reverence for is they are these ancient interpretations and bits of wisdom in association to what the Buddha is said to have passed along orally. Buddhism is originally an oral tradition. And then finally people captured it and wrote it down in various sutras or teachings. The Dharma is meant to come alive wherever it lands in the world. It is meant to adopt the cultures of that place, the values of that place. The contemporary knowledge of that place. Buddhism is all about encouraging each individual to critically think about the wisdom, the teachings, to pay attention to how it comes alive in each of you and to discern the wisdom from there. In other words, don't just take the teaching blindly. Don't just accept it because some wise person said so. You are that wise person. You have a good mind and a good heart. Take these teachings, allow them to come alive in you, and live the Dharma as it lives and breathes in you, through you, as only you can bring it. That's what we need.
The third jewel of Buddhism is the Sangha, the community of wise friends, spiritual guides, support people. And this includes <clears throat> people who drive us crazy, people who rub us the wrong way, people who annoyed us on one day and not the other. Who can, who can say why? Everybody is welcome in community. And those people who stir up all of those prickly feelings, all of that discomfort in us, are, consider the, are considered the greatest teachers of all. They don't let us become complacent. They don't allow us to fall asleep. They wake us up to our blind spots. They wake us up to what we have rejected, ignored, neglected. The three jewels, the Buddha, the Dharma, the Sangha. I'd like to begin our session today with a, a sentiment of metta, of loving kindness, as a way of drawing our attention and anchoring our attention to a single thought, a gentle thought, a kind thought. One of the things that we're doing in recovery in a very general way, is we're recovering that part of our personality, that part of ourselves that actually has the capacity to be really kind and loving and compassionate and joyful. Qualities that we may have hidden away, covered up, felt ashamed about, because we have been ravaged by substance misuse and we have denied ourselves access to this positive way of being, this more gentle way of being, especially toward ourselves. So much of the darkness on the journey of substance misuse is the way we have become so unkind and negative toward ourselves. So this is an opportunity to peel that veil back a little bit, offer some gentle light, some love, some kindness, some joy. This card was made by our wonderful Sangha member, Michelle. Uh, she painted this. And on the back I've written... May you be your own caregiver and caretaker. May you be your own caregiver and caretaker. I'd like you to anchor on those words, give and take, give and receive. Receive might be the synonym for the word caretaker. I'd like you to invite 
a noble person to be your single point of concentration for your practice today. And the noble person I have in mind for you is very specific. And that person is you. Bring your noble self to the focus of your practice today. Find a posture in your body that offers ease and comfort, openness, gentility. Allow the body a moment to breathe. Bring your awareness into your body, into the manner in which you are breathing. Notice and take stock in the spaciousness of this breathing practice, thoughts that may arise, stories that might be swirling around the edges of your consciousness. Notice them, observe them, invite them to be there. Don't fight with them, don't tell them to go away, just let them be there. Nice and easy, breezy in the mind. Enjoy. For the last two months, the Spokane Sangha has been exploring with impeccable curiosity the very large, enormous, really, topic of forgiveness. Often we've been exploring our own regrettable, unskillful actions working to create space to forgive ourselves, working to create space to forgive the unskillfulness of others. Forgiveness is a lifelong practice. It's a lifelong process. It is one of those things to constantly be cultivating. Adrian, one of our wonderful Sangha members, considered making a refrigerator magnet that he'd put up there that just said, don't forget to forgive. Wonderful token of mindfulness. Don't forget to forgive. Forgiveness in big ways and small ways. Sistering forgiveness is a, a meditation, a practice that I like to call taking stock. When you are in this practice of taking stock, no effort 
is ignored, no action is ignored, no matter how small, how seemingly insignificant. Sometimes when you're in the taking stock practice, you'll notice actions and efforts that you poo-poo. Ah, it's no big deal that I got out of bed. I got out of bed. What's the big deal? It's a big deal. Take stock of the fact that you got out of bed. Not everybody does. Not everybody can. If you can get out of bed unassisted, get dressed, have some reason to get out, up and at it, you got something going for you. Take note. Take stock. Yesterday, I had this wonderful walk with Lo, and she. we were talking about the taking stock practice, and she reiterated that often we can get into the habit energy of making a list. I love lists. And I might, in a day, want to achieve nine things. Um, But I didn't make my list. I didn't do it. For some reason, I didn't finish it. And I'm so quick to get down on myself. Oh, I didn't finish my list. And I completely ignore that of the nine things I got done today, I got eight done. But because I didn't finish the whole thing, I treat myself as if I'm a failure. This is a distortion. And we all have habit energy around creating distortions and stories and negations of all the ways we have failed to be perfect, all the ways we're ashamed of our mis- steps, missed takes, and so on. It feels awful to make a mistake, to be in the wrong. It feels worse to pretend that it didn't happen, to make excuses for yourself, to be defensive about it. The taking stock practice is all about looking deeply. What were the conditions that created the mistake in the first place? Take stock of the fact that you're aware. That's amazing. Take stock of the fact that you're taking time to reflect on it. Consider it. Consider how you've hurt someone. Taking stock of what you've learned and what you'll do differently next time. Yesterday, in our practice, we talked about wholeheartedness to participate in our journey of recovery with a whole heart. That means the positive and the negative. 
that's what makes us whole. That's what allows the spiritual being in us to partner with the human being in us. We can't heal what causes us to suffer if we fail to understand our suffering. It's why wise understanding is the first aspect of the Noble Eightfold Path. Taking stock helps us gain access to understanding. Today, you all prioritized this meeting. You have done all kinds of things to allow technology to have access to this meeting. You purchased a computer, you pay your electric bill, Maybe you're in a library, borrowing a computer, something. You've gone to some effort, some actions to link to us electronically. If you're here in person, your body got you here, a vehicle got you here. There's so many little things that add up to an enormous action and wise effort. These are important things to pay attention to because they keep us motivated when things get rough. Pay attention. Take stock of when you're doing well as a way of supporting you and offering ease when things are a little bit more precarious and wobbly. You may have a voice in your head, an inner critic of sorts that says things like, well, I need a meeting. I'm dealing with a craving. I'm dealing with some unskillfulness. I need to be here. Or maybe you're court ordered or something. That is, that can be true. And it's definitely not the whole truth because your presence here inspires everyone else, certainly me. This taking stock practice, friends, is an invitation for us to forgive ourselves for the ways that we have 
neglected our goodness, our wise efforts and actions, all the things that we're getting right. Let's remember that as part of the whole of our journey. And let's spend a few moments of silence just taking stock of some things that you've done well today. Smile at your Buddha nature. Smile at your wisdom. Smile knowing that you are a wise friend in community. With that, friends, let's go ahead and end our practice with a dedication of merit. For anybody who's new to the Buddhist practice, we always dedicate the goodness that we have created here and we have achieved here. You know, anytime you make a devoted effort to come into the Dharma, to bring forward your Buddha nature, to be a presence in the Sangha, something good is bound to happen. We feel better, we are better for having been here, but the Buddhist practice is really never about keeping that for ourselves. It's really about learning to radiate that out into the world, 
to transform and heal the wor- world. It's really hard in the Western mind that is has a legacy of the Judeo-Christian practice to talk about Buddhism, to talk about Eastern philosophy. It can really feel intimidating and threatening to some people, so you really have to be careful. Um, I like to talk about this as a spiritual empowerment, mindfulness. People know those words, and they feel a little less threatened by it. We know that the goodness that we're experiencing here will show up in our presence the way we interact with others, the way we stand in line at the grocery store, the way we drive in traffic today. May it be with a little bit more ease and, dare I suggest, maybe even a little more joy. May you all feel safe on your journey. May you have everything you need for ease, and to meet whatever challenge comes along. May you find confidence in your knowing and strength in encountering uncertainty. May you practice in whatever way suits you best. May you find refuge in connection and community. And may you know that all your efforts bring goodness and inspiration to a world desperate to have it. Thank you so much for your beautiful practice, friends. We'll see you next time. Namaste.